Well, hello. It's the A to Z podcast. Shouts to Blue Wire. Shouts to American Fireworks. Always open at AmericanFireworks.com. Shouts to you guys. Uh, if you're a longtime listener, thank you. We're glad to have you. If you're new here, uh, we're glad to have you too. Um, understand that we get excited. We venture into immature slash mature subjects. Uh, we sometimes say four-letter words. So if that's not for you, or if you're in a work environment, or if there are kids around, put on your earbuds or come back to A to Z at another time. Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Not Football is like, I don't want to say officially here, Dre. I, I can't count those three or four college games, right? But oh, well, but they played, and they and I was wait a minute, wait a minute now. All right, quickly, did you tell them about the uh, the warning? Because I think we can stop the warning. I was on the Brownstown that comes out Tuesday. Um, I was on the like the I was on the you know when you go into your podcast, however you go into your podcast, and in the Brownstown one, it says when you read about it, it's you know it says show. You know, Brownstown, Frequency Weekly Series, published August 24th, length. Then it has a rating, and the rating for Brownstown is explicit. <laughs> so I'm wondering if explit. we can get the same thing with A to Z, and then we just don't have to tell you people well, that we may say words. Or do you just well, like, is that a good way for you I to do? I do, because that? listen, um, I, I know it probably says that, and I appreciate it, and we appreciate Blue Wire, you know, kind of walking us through this process because Lord knows <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not capable of doing anything on my own. Oh, yeah. Our rating says explicit, too. <laughs> right. But listen, I, I've listened to a bunch of different podcasts produced by a bunch of different companies. Have you ever read the fine print? No, that's no, no. I don't read right. nothing. And I just, like I said, I, and it's not like we do it all the time. Um, I just, frankly, I remember a conversation a couple of summers ago where my high school basketball coach was like, Hey, how you doing? Great to see you. You know, how's everybody? And he's like, I got to tell you, I turned on the podcast the other day while I was working in the garage and boy, I wasn't ready for that. I know. Like, and it's like, there's a couple. And I said, well, why the fuck weren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know me. You know what you're getting. But I'm even going through that with the Brownstown thing. You know how that was like in every interview and everything we did, we just, I'm not saying we were raw uncut, you know, HBO, let them flow, but they're part of the conversation when you're having, I I guess you and I, and we've always been on this. So if you're new to hit this podcast, if you've been here, you know how we roll. Like we just talk like we're sitting around in one of our backyards with the fire pit going, or like we're in a bar talking sports. So a four letter word may come out. And I I can admit this, my wife, if the beginning of Brownstown starts with me, basically saying, if you're listening to this podcast, the Browns have fucking sucked. (laughs) And She's not that happy about it starting that way. She's like, you really got to use the F-bomb like right, right out the gate. And I'm like, well, it just doesn't come off the same. <laughs> like, I was like, you can give me another term. You can give me another word. Um, but it just doesn't. Sometimes you got to say fuck. And I'm like, in that situation, you got to say it. Um, and I know my, my parents will probably kind of roll their eyes, too. But so be it. That's what their son has well, become. I think it's this. I think it's since I was 10 years old, my mom would say, know your audience, right? And then when I was 30 and then when I was 42, my mom would say, know your audience. So there's a time and a place, but I think we try to make clear to our audience that we are very rarely going to follow a script here, right? We are very rarely going to feel censored or pressured to take a certain line, right? Right, And we're going to let it flow. So um, frankly, this is take five of this as we went through some (laughs) computer problems. It's probably going to be Tuesday morning or even afternoon before you hear this as we continue to go through the blue wire transition. Um, Eventually, next to nothing will be different. So to you guys who have been here, thank you. We know most of you are gosh darn excited for football, and so are we. Um, 
Thursday night, the Buckeyes play, Jerry. I don't know if – I'm sure the Indians play, there, although they might have a day game. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we, I think, think we play at 8 o'clock in Kansas City. Um, okay. Yeah, but, it, you know, but you know. So me, you'll I'm definitely too- have it on one of those studio monitors. You'll yeah. definitely have the Buckeyes game. <laughs> I was about to say, you know I'm too TV, Tony. You know I'll be watching it one way or the other. You are fooling um, absolutely no one, yes. No. Um, I was going to say, so what we don't we, – we categorized last weekend as week zero. Like, Matt, under, we were in the – so we are Saturday – um, because I've listened to people like Zach Jackson, who are my friends, quote unquote, quote quotations. It's like, oh, the season don't start till next week. <laughs> so I kind of walk into the to our uh, studio, and our, we're in the studio, but I kind of walk into our booth on Saturday, and we always the TV. We always have a TV on whatever sports going on, whether it's golf, whether it's college basketball, whatever, football. And I walk in, and Nebraska's and Illinois is on TV, and it's the big Fox game. And, and, and my boys are all set up. Our, you know, Rick Manning, Matt Underwood, our, our stage manager, and our, our stats guy, Tommy Bowe, they're all you know, already eating lunch, eating dinner, getting ready for the 4 o'clock game, and they're watching college football. And I'm like, damn, fall started already? <laughs> and Underwood was like, well, this is week zero of the season. And I'm like, or, or maybe our producer, Murph, said it. And I'm like, what the hell is week zero of a season? And what, like – can you give me the parameters or who came up with this great idea to play like you know, the, seven the games truth, on Saturday? Yeah, the truth be told, the first time I ever heard week zero was in relation to Texas high school football. Really? Right? Okay. And it was just a way that teams could either play in week zero or week one. Um, and a few years ago, a couple of college games popped up. I, I'm guessing there was, you know, because the NCAA has had these ancient, ancient rules forever. Right, um, and the Nebraska Illinois game was originally supposed to be played in Dublin, Ireland. That's why. It oh, was okay, okay, okay. Right, and so um, you know, COVID whacked that, and I just, you know, I, I don't know all the details, but I can tell you that six or seven or eight years ago, I heard the term "week zero from a friend of mine who lives in Texas, and I thought that's weird. And a couple years later, it started popping up in college. But no, I. Um, have long circled, you know, the official start of college on Thursday. This is um, a week that we've never had in my 20 years around the NFL. Um, it's not an extra week on the calendar, but usually this Thursday is the end of the preseason and the cuts are on Labor Day. Well, the NFL eliminated a preseason game to lengthen the regular season. Uh, cuts are on Tuesday. Again, this is early Monday evening when we're recording this. So we don't know. I don't expect anything crazy from the Browns anyway. So I'm usually just getting into that mode. Like I can remember many times, um, well, not many times, but Ohio State has played a handful of Thursday night openers, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Being at the Browns game in Chicago or in Cleveland and Ohio State being on the TV because that fourth preseason game outside of 10 or 12 guys, it doesn't really mean anything. And it was too long and camp was too long this year. We'll get into that. But, um, you know, uh, let's just start with a little Browns. I want to get into some some bigger picture football things here. Damn man, look at you! You got to talk about knowing your audience. You ain't you ain't, you ain't teasing them or nothing. You going right into it. I got I got notes this week, bro. Okay. Look, matter of fact, I'm gonna tell you. I know you don't do this because you don't like showing your ugly face and showing what you're doing. I got notes, son. I'm not gonna let you read them, but I got notes, son. Yeah. So on this setup, I, I can see Dre. He can't see me. I don't think. Well, I'm not wearing pants, so I don't, don't want to see, bro. Um, you know, Kevin Stefanski saw something that he wanted to play as starters. Uh, probably it was just following the routine, right? Sit him the first week, go against the Giants the second week, do that. It worked out. doesn't appear that anybody got hurt. They got good work. They had two good drives. You know, they caught Atlanta. Um, the uh, rubber route worked to perfection. They got a big play, then they didn't get in on fourth down. Man, that, that, that big, and I don't want to be negative Nelly, but that big play was so – Yes. 
so August football and so Atlanta is going to be off. But that's the Stefanski offense, though, right? I know. You're going to oh, run guys in different That's a common play in the Stefanski offense. I know. But for the, but for the Falcons to be in man and for them to man cover it the way they did and the guys running each other on a cross yes. – um, when you know they're coming out of training camp, and that's one of the like basic fundamental, either you switch off or you stay zone. Like there's just ways to cover that play so much better, and they covered it as bad as you possibly. If could. Austin Hooper has another 50 yard reception this year, then I'll buy you Swenson. Okay. Oh, let's go, Austin! <laughs> Taste buzz just got popping. <laughs> um, but you know, like I said, the, the touchdown on the second one was a big time, big boy throw. Yeah, um, for sure. Just the preseason, Dre. I, I think you know, you look at the teams bring energy. Are there fast guys? You know, or do they look like yeah. an organized operation? And for many years, of course, they didn't because it was always a new staff. Right. So the, the Browns came out, and you know, the results carry over zero. But they got guys work who they felt needed work. They looked like a fast, efficient operation. And as they go forward into this year of expectations, which seem valid, right, and all this excitement, which seems legit, you know, all you can ask for on the outside is to know that the organization, the operation is going to give them a chance every week, right? right? It's not always going to be great. Um, So I I do want to introduce one thing to the A to Z lexicon. So um, this is a big moment. The rule is is a training I don't know what's coming. (laughs) No, you don't. The rule is in training camp, we're allowed to watch and we're allowed to report on what we see. We are not allowed to report what we hear. And it's a common question that I get via Twitter in the comments section of my articles. And I understand. And the reason is, is for strategic reasons, you know, the alternative is we're not allowed to report at all. Right. Or we're allowed Mm -hmm. to semi-report and pretend we didn't see anything, which is the biggest bullshit. Right. So they just don't want us reporting that a coach is telling a player, well, obviously something inappropriate in today's culture, but you know, a certain thing that could be past the strategy, right? We don't, they don't want us reporting the Browns worked on no huddle today. And as they sprinted to the line, every time he yelled red, he threw it to Landry. And every time he yelled blue, it went to people's Jones, right? They don't want us saying that we heard the defensive coordinator telling miles that they're going to block you on this way. So you have to play to your outside leverage because that will open up things for the blitzer coming up the ground because that gets online and teams see it. And they adjust. Like I I can remember way back in the early Clevelandbrowns.com days, in the video days, the big mm-hmm. thing was don't let your cadence get online. Right, right. You right? don't want your because cadence teams out. Teams right. are going to jump the snap counts and start reading your audibles in August. Did that ever happen, especially on a 2002 internet connection? I highly <laughs> doubt it. But do I understand? Yes. So anyway, uh, if you followed the writing, if you followed the podcast, Jabril Preppers was put on a show that day, the second day of practice. He was talking smack to the Browns both days, and it was fun. And uh, he and Baker were going at it. And Baker even talked about it on the record and called him Little Pep and all this stuff. But the second day, um, he shouldn't be calling nobody little on a football field. (laughs) No, but it was funny when he did it. Quite, I'm sure. I'm sure he's feeling himself right now, and it's understandable. Yeah, yeah, just like Jake Paul and all of Westlake. We'll get to that too. Oh yeah. Anyway, that's on the notes. That's on any, the notes. Anyway. So, um, you know, we, we believe the Browns are a well-run organization and have a chance to, to be in a window here of contention and memorable games and, and actually winning prizes. Right. Um, we'll see, you know, does that translate to this year and, you know, are they deep enough to not get derailed by one thing going wrong? You know, we'll, we'll see how, how all of that goes, but it is a, what have you done for me lately league in the NFL? And that day when the Giants really got pushed around and especially zinged by the passing game on the first day, they got the better of the second day. And so Peppers is yelling at Baker 
and Baker's saying, well, yesterday I completed 80% on you and Jabril tells him 80% my ass. So Jabril proceeds to spend the next 90 seconds, no exaggeration, screaming from the other sideline, hey, Baker, it's a what have you done for me lately league. It's a what have you done for me lately league, baby. It's a what have you done for me lately league. Uh, <laughs> so the that's, preseason that's means good. nothing. Zero yeah. and zero, right? And, and in the grand scheme, um, the result of this KC game doesn't mean a lot, right? Unless let me, it ends uh, up deciding home field. But, yeah, let me, uh, let me ask. Let me, you, just, you brought some things to attention. Take a breath. I want you to think about some stuff. <laughs> Um, the way that preseason football goes in the NFL is this year was different. This was the most different one that we've that's ever happened in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. You and I, um, I'm 43 years old. I'm gonna tell you this. You can just name this episode. Andre's getting old as hell and realize that, uh, I used to like get a eight, eight piece of chicken from Popeye's and like a, a 12 pack of beer. And we would go to a studio and do podcast all night long. And have the fun and eat chicken and drink beer, like literally. Today, I have, I have, uh, this is my second cup of coffee that I'm on per constant <laughs> to do the podcast. <laughs> but, but so to get hyped up to do the A to Z podcast, I don't go now go make a cup of coffee and I don't go grab eight Miller Lights in a box of chicken. Um, now that we've kind of seen what exactly has happened with this three game preseason and hearing and just going around and paying attention to what happened around the league. I think more was accomplished not only in Brown's camp, Zach, but in just camps, period, um, by the teams inviting other teams to practice and having those practice days and, and, and just in seeing what we saw. Because a lot of players, a lot of guys that we knew were going to be on teams did not play a lot in the preseason. Certain teams had their ways and did different things. But for the most part, you saw people take back, you know, pull things in for the games. But I did see a lot of teams practicing within themselves uh, with other teams to kind of get them ready. And what you just told, that story you just told, tells me that the Browns probably got more of those two back-to-back days going against the Giants than any game than any of the preseason games we were able to watch. Yeah, and Stefanski would have to answer that, whether that's true or not. But I right. think when they laid it out in the spring, that was probably the intent, right? And, right. Um, you know, I don't think everything is a new school, old school thing. Like, sometimes it gets made out to be in our business. But I think these are here to stay. And Stefanski came out and said it. Um, they play a different defensive front than we do. Their offensive base is different than ours. So we're getting different looks yeah. and we can control it. Right. And right. that means control the guys not to fight. And it means if we want to get an extra snap in the two minute drill or the red zone, we do. Right. right? You get an extra look against a certain defense. You can go over to that, right. you know, that coach say, can you get me run, run cover three again out of the, out of the dime or out of the nickel. Right. Um, if you we can't do we that in a kind of preseason sure. game. Sure, right. we just got five good plays, and I'm ready to take my ones out. Or right. five shitty plays, and I need and to I, see three more. Bingo, right? Bingo. Can you yeah. give me this? Yeah, no, I, I just think that's a way to practice that that helps everybody out a little bit more than in a game where there's actual game, you know, situations going on. Um, just not the same. Yeah, so I, I was surprised that he played the starters even a little bit. He did, and he still sat six or seven guys out, right? Right. Um, but look at you that know, list. You even wrote it. Look at the list of players you, you wrote down in your article afterwards that didn't play. That says so much about where the Browns are at. It sure does. It sure does. Um, you know, Andy Reid played his guys because they had four new offensive linemen. So they, they needed yeah, the they snaps, needed. right? Um, the Ravens played J.K. Dobbins and lost him for the mm. year. Frankly, mm. that's malpractice. It yeah, is. Man. I, I don't know other way to have an, any other way to say that. I, that kid I, is talented too. Sure, and and he made them different, right? Yes, like, yes. Just a little bowling ball 
Um, big playability, right, in his second year, was going to see the holes better, was going to know the offense oh, better, yeah. was going to know the league better. It's going to be a problem. Yes. And now so – Now they got a problem. Right. A team that wants to be – wants to lead the league in rushes just lost its number one running back. Right. And everybody – and I hear the jokes. Everybody making about uh, the quarterback being it, – it's different. Part of what makes him essentially untouchable is having that bowling ball running back. Um, I think the other thing that, that stands out to me about Baltimore – their coach hates the preseason, Zach. Hates it, but they never lose lose preseason games. It's a remarkable <laughs> streak, isn't it? Um, yeah, it, they don't, and I bet they don't make T-shirts in Baltimore. By the way. <laughs> well, you know, it's probably a tribute to the system that they've built, the scouting system that they've had. That's the same one since they moved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's to keeping the, the coordinators together and, and having the carryover that they've had there. You know, and so you sometimes it just comes down to priorities. Yeah, right? but no, you just said some key things, and, and, and not to go on a Brownstown tangent, but uh, that part is hard for me, and that's kind of re- – I'm glad you did this, and we didn't do this on purpose. That's part of the what you just said. It's part of the reason why I made Brownstown, because I feel like what you just said, is that's us. What the Baltimore Ravens are doing without Art Modell being the selfish, p- pathetic piece of crap that got pissed on all over the place. And you'll key on when tomorrow or whenever you hear this podcast, go over to uh, wherever you do podcasts, go to Brownstown. And I believe the second edition is about Art Modell getting, getting his grave pissed on. We talk about piss a lot in it, but not in the way that you think. You just got to go listen to it. It's really good. I just listened to it earlier today, but it comes down at like people. You'll, you'll see. The Blue Water um, folks are saying this is the greatest promoter ever. Andre not. You're right. Only in America, baby. I'm <laughs> you know what his I'm favorite a- subject is? Andre not. Andre not. <laughs> Only in America, baby. I can't sell me. Who can sell me? Shit. Anyway, um, but, the, but, but when I hear you say that, I get fired up because that's the Browns. Everything you said, you're like, well, since they moved. But you're right. And that's how the Browns should have been set up. But the two owners that came together to make sure the NFL had two new teams, one in Baltimore, one in Cleveland – didn't do what was right and sell the team to his best buddy and move his ass to the background. The Browns should have had that because you're right. The Baltimore Orioles for every Baltimore Orioles, it's baseball season. The Baltimore Ravens for everything that we can dislike about their uniforms, about having a guy that killed a guy in a white suit and we haven't found the white suit for all the things that they've done. That's the Cleveland Browns. Like that's who the Browns should be, but they're not. And hopefully they come around and they'll have the same, um, ingredients that we want the that, that we that the Ravens have, and I think they can do that. I just get frustrated, Zach, because when I hear you say that, and because I, I have a respect for how the Ravens play, I really do. Defensively, offensively, um, they're willing to run an offense based off of their quarterback, uh, whether he he's El, you know whether it's Elvis Gerback or whether it's you know whoever. Look at the guys they've had; like they'll change, but they don't change with their defensive philosophy and how they go about playing tough football. And you can say the same thing about the Steelers. I hope the Browns are finally taking that step where no matter who the quarterback is, so we don't act crazy about it, or no matter who the running back or wide receiver is, the Browns just have a style that's their style. Yeah, and that's what they're developing, right? It takes time. Um, You know, I I think a big-picture Browns question, Dre, that we can't answer for six months and maybe for hell for six years is how much will they regret that last 20 minutes last year against Chad Henney, right? Because Mm. you're just starting a program and you're getting to where you haven't been in 30 years, right? And you're feeling good about yourself and you've conquered a lot of demons. 
they had took a lot of dubious streaks last year and buried them. Yeah. Right? And, and then Pat Mahomes, was... who's who both of us think is the greatest quarterback we've ever seen play or has a chance to be, or, you know, probably both, <laughs> right, yeah. um, gets hurt, and you have a chance to win the game in Arrowhead, in the divisional playoffs, and you don't. Okay, I, yeah, but you know what? I, let me, I, I love those what-ifs. Those tw- they weren't meant to be in the Super Bowl last year. And you're right. They overcame so many things, and they, they just weren't ready. They, they maxed out on the 2020 Cleveland Browns, in my, in my opinion. Um, it, that's a great conversation piece to have. What would you do in those last 20 minutes? They didn't have, they didn't have the, the Joes. They didn't have them. Um, they played a hell of a game. They, they really did. And, I, like, I know where you're at with this. I guess I just can't look back on it. You know what I mean? I feel like they got the most out of what they had. Kansas City, they, you know, they, I thought I thought the defensive coordinator did a good job in preparing for Kansas City. Um, but let's remember, they came into that game. KC Mahomes was hurt before he came into the game. And to me, what I always will think of is that when the shot wore off, the pain kicked in, and that's when it became a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the time it was a concussion protocol issue too, right? Yeah, that's true. But, but he, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and but the toe was a problem, and you yeah. know it was a problem. No, and the right? offensive line was a problem. Now they yeah. didn't lose their tackles till the Super Bowl. But yes, no, he right. he got beat up. They they for much of the back half of last year were not the Kansas City Chiefs at full strength. And I'll ask you this: You're around the team more than I am, or more than anyone that's listening. The motivation for the Browns should be different if because if you win that game with everything we just said, and you go to the Super Bowl and, and Tampa does what Tampa does or whatever happens. Um, like, like I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm saying this a week, what, a week and a half before the season, two weeks before the season starts. I'm not Super Bowl or bust on the Browns this year. I, th- I understand that there's steps to it. Can they get there? Sure, they can. They have, they have an opportunity. They're one of the top four, top three chances in the AFC. And that, hell, that, think about the leap that is in saying that. Um, but I'm not gung ho on this is Super Bowl or bust year, and I, I I've been hearing that, and I know, I know excitement is excitement, and, and and look, if any city, any town deserves to have excitement about their football team, it's here. I just don't want to get ridiculous with it. I don't see, a, I I can't sit here and say Super Bowl or bust. I say AFC Championship, uh, win a playoff game, win another playoff game. To me. That's kind of what you shoot for and go for there. That's just me. All right, two things. No, that, that's fair. And I'm glad we're having this discussion because, frankly, it's what everybody wants to talk about, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, two things. One, I, I do think Andrew Barry is the right man for the job, and I do think the Browns going forward will evolve like the good teams do, right? The Chiefs, mm-hmm. had, the Chiefs knew they had to fix their offensive line, right? The Browns knew that defense wasn't good enough. They they right. they knew that was quite obvious. And as bad as the raw numbers were and the basic statistics were, the fact that they played two and a half games in a tornado saved them from being even worse. Yeah. Right. Um, that game, that Browns KC game did not take on the shape of a shootout. Frankly, if Higgins scores that touchdown, it might. If Mahomes doesn't get hurt, it might. But it, just because they didn't doesn't mean that the Browns can't evolve. But the second right. thing, I'm glad you talk about realistic goals because I think to me the the most simple one is this. If you win the division, it was a successful year. Because the one thing, True. other than winning it all, right, that you have to conquer is you need that home playoff game. It hasn't happened since we were in high school. And we're <laughs> fucking old. 
Wow, and we're old. That's what we're telling you. I had to drink <laughs> right. coffee to get ready for this thing. Right, and like to to say that the Ravens and Steelers are who you're chasing for 20 years is is right. And you go ahead and promote Brownstown again, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but like, you have to beat them. You have to beat them and beat them in the standings. And even if it's one by tiebreaker, even if it's one because somebody gets hurt, right? Like when you win the division, that that to me is a huge accomplishment. Now, if you win the division yeah. and get beat on January 15th, it will feel empty. It, it will, yes. but I just think if you look at in the grand scheme here, um, if the Browns are as good as we think they can be, no J.K. Dobbins, Big Ben is our age. The Bengals aren't there. Like win the division. I still, I frankly can't believe it's plus money for the Browns to win the division. Plus one forty. Plus one forty. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Let me. Let me. Let me all right. We don't. We don't have to finish the Browns, but I just. <clears throat> I have a tweet in front of me that I want to read to you, and then I just want to tell you the true steps that the Cleveland Browns organization has made. <clears throat> this is from Aaron Wilson, um, NFL writer, uh, NFL writer that I, I don't mind. Uh, I, I trust. Tweeted out 41 minutes ago, Texans are prepared to have Deshaun Watson on the 53-man roster and inactive every week, according to multiple league sources. Watson, who has issued a standing trade request with no deal imminent, would be paid $10.54 million salary. Mm-hmm. Zach, what in the hell are the Houston Texans doing? And I say, I asked that question, and for me, anybody that questions where the Browns are at, go look at the Houston Texans because that's where we used to be. No, right. They just never had a Deshaun Watson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> right? No, right. Um, this is an interesting story. Uh, the NFL is in a difficult spot here, right? Um, and, and, again, it's, it's tough to even talk about because these are serious accusations. For sure. There's a bunch of them, but to this point, they're nothing other than accusations, right? And, and we hear that the FBI has two different files on this. One, did Deshaun break serious laws? And two, was he the victim of an extortion attempt? Right. 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 So right. Um, I'll say this. This is, I don't know how it's going to go. And I know it would be very hard for a team to trade for him right now. And the Texans putting that out here, Dre, on Monday afternoon, mm-hmm. is, feels like that they're begging someone to just to, to make them that offer. But teams, even with owner's permission, can't until the, until they know he's not going right, to be in, process, in trouble right. criminally. Right. But I'll say this, this, this is, this is how teams think. If you think he's going to get cleared and you would think teams know, Right, unless there's yeah. just something, but you hear the words FBI, and I understand you would run from a trade. You cringe a little Most bit. Most teams right? would cringe. All those things. Yeah. If your cost is a couple draft picks, one awkward press conference, and a three or four game suspension, no doubt. And he's your quarterback for ten years. You do it. I mean, you like I said, you you got to be real comfortable with what that background right. says, and I'm not going right. to get into yeah what it is and to. isn't, and or would I be comfortable if I was in charge? Right, but. Inside these rooms, that's the conversation you have. To that have. is, and you're right when you say we'll have one uncomfortable, you know, press conference. We'll we'll play it low early on. We'll have to go with the res, you know, suspension. We'll you know bring him back on a Friday afternoon at five o'clock. <laughs> There's all these little things that they, they can consider, and it goes back to who are you as an organization? Yes, like the yes. Baltimore Ravens could go out and do that. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the New England Patriots, the well, the Green Bay Packers are kind of losing their focus as well. But you know what? I feel like the Green Bay Packers 
have a system and, and, who, and they know who they are. Their issue is they, that they are so old school and how they're owned and how they've operated that they finally have had a player that's kind of broke through that and is like, that's not how the league works anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like only Aaron Rodgers or like a Brett Favre could take the, the Packers to the, to the edge of the building of saying, hey, you got to run your team more like other teams in 2021, run them. You know, they've been able to do that for a long time, and, and they're a great story, and, and you love that they're owned by the people and everything else, and they've, they've given a lot of power to their general managers and, and presidents, and, and it's worked, right, and their coaches, and they've been one of the most successful teams over the last 20 years. But Aaron Rodgers has kind of broke through that ceiling of, uh, nah, man, the players are more important than your little setup. Yeah, as we touched on last time, I'm all in on the Aaron Rodgers versus everybody, including his own bosses tour. Me too. Right? I too. want Rodgers. I want Adams in fantasy. I want the Packers to win the NFC. That's like I do. And then I, I want him to then I want him to discount double check him at the, at the Super Bowl and be like, I'm done. I want both teams to be in double-digit wins on Christmas afternoon at 430. I want that to be the game of games of the year. Yes. And it's got a chance to be. It does. It does. It really does. Imagine a foot of snow with Rodgers throwing for 350 and Chubb running for 200. Oh my God! Then I felt. Then I felt that would be that would be yes. heaven. That's, I, I the, think it's in play. I it think is. it's in play. All right. Okay. Ian Rappaport is just reporting the Browns are waving pass rusher Curtis Weaver for yeah. former fifth round pick. Well, of Dolphins. course, That's he wasn't making the team. But yeah, he wasn't. By the time people listen to this, yeah. probably all the cuts are going to be out. Right? I'm just bringing it up as we like as I yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got two. We only got a few minutes left here, but I got two quick quarterback thoughts. Oh, I got a lot of stuff to go. You ain't got. You can't. You can't go nowhere. Okay. I got a meeting in forty minutes. You. I'm stuck. fascinated. <laughs> um, by this 49ers thing for one reason. Remember what Kyle Shanahan did to make Johnny Manziel a semi-effective weapon off the bench yep. when Johnny wasn't even sober and wasn't paying yeah, attention and right. wasn't working? Like, imagine Trey Lance who's locked in, who's super 10 times more athletic and better. Like, we'll see what happens. And putting a 21-year-old rookie out there who played one college season at the 1AA level is scary as hell. Yes, it but, is. like, here, here's my thought on all these guys. It's fair for us on the outside to ask if you drafted him, why don't you play him? Or is waiting three weeks, six weeks going to make you any make him any more ready, any better? Well, I think the answer is if your organization's worth a shit, the answer should be yes, right? Because if you've right. surrounded the guy with the right coaching and the right system, he should benefit from going through the process of prepping for a game week and seeing how teams play you and adjust. Teams. Well, it's the way to it's, a, it's the best way to bring them along and being ready, but not having to put all the pressure on them all at once. Yeah. If you really believe in them, so I, to me, it's no, I agree. I agree. With, I agree with that. And then my second quarterback thought, guys, I think Baker's going to have a big year. I really do. I, I think he almost can't help, but have a big year. I don't know what's going to happen with the contract, but like, it doesn't need to be an issue because if you trust Andrew Barry, if you trust Kevin Stefanski, it's going to get done and he's going to earn it. But like, when you take a look at what we just talked about, the scope of these windows and, and how they don't stay open for long and how good you have to be around them. Like if he's wrong, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Right. He could be right and still not win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, you could be right about everything. And not so win. why wouldn't you wait three more weeks, eight more weeks, three more months, eight more months? Like you wait as long as you can. Deep breath. You wait longer. All right, Grade all right. yourself on the real world scale and not the Cleveland Browns of the last 20 years scale. You all got right, a podcast um, about that? Yeah. We, <laughs> hey, man. I do the selling around here. You just talk. Uh, <laughs> all right. I got some things that are written down on my list. And since Zach is pushing us through, I get one off day a month, but he wants to push us through because now his ass is over. He's 41 now, old. Um, we got I'm 42. Thanks. Up. I don't look yeah. a day over 40 and a half, though. I forgot you're only one year younger than me. Man, man, black don't crack. You look about 55. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
And the other thing, when you come to this podcast, sometimes we laugh at our own jokes more than you because we love ourselves more than you can. That's right. Um, we don't need any of you to listen. Thanks, but we don't really need it. <laughs> we don't really give a damn. We do it as for ourselves. <laughs> um, we're joining together for another pot. Like, I've had a fantasy team forever. I know no one cares about your fantasy teams. And this is like my big league, and I'm bringing Zach in this year, and he has no idea the degenerates that he's about to be around, but he'll fit right in with that. So we'll leave that out of the conversation, but I do have him studying. I, I sent over notes today for him to study to get ready for this draft. Um, we've talked about the college football schedule. It's weird. Uh, we'll get through it. Uh, we'll put the Kevin Love contract buyout stuff on hold. We don't need to talk about that. Um, I have on here, and, the, and I, I want to get to most of this. I want to get to these two things. Javi Baez, Francisco Lindor, and the oh, Mets man. and the thumbs down. Jake Paul and Tyson Woodley fight. Which one do you want me to start on first? We'll get let's, both of them. Let's talk about the boxing. Yeah. Okay. And we'll do our baseball hour or whatever a minute after uh, the boxing. Okay, let me, let me start with this. I am a huge boxing fan. I grew up in a household that um, uh, it was a big deal on a Saturday night when Sugar Ray Leonard was fighting marvelous, you know, Marvin Hagler, rest in peace, um, through the Tyson years. Uh, it was a big deal. My, my parents my, or family would come over to the house. Um, it'd be in the basement, food, part like that. We, we, like our families liked having get-togethers every other week, every, once a month. I felt like our family. We found reasons whether it's birthday parties, whether it's boxing, whatever. Huge part of me growing up. Um, I love the spectacle. One of my favorite. I, I can say when I was 17, 18, 19 years old, I always said I wanted to go to Vegas for a big fight. Um, it was like that was like one of my dreams come true, and I never really did it because boxing has changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, and remember, I said this podcast can basically be called Andre's Getting Old and, and Realizing It. Um, I love the fight game. I love the spectacle that is of a fight game. Uh, I helped some guys get tickets to the fight last night at Rocket Mortgage. Um, and I'm glad everybody had a good time. You know what? I'm just not buying into the Jake Paul thing. I don't know if these are real fights. Uh, they're real fights because they're taking punches. Um, I just don't know if... I'm trying to find the right words because I'm not trying to completely annihilate what's happening. It's just not my thing, Zach. It's just I can't buy into it. I feel like these guys are – I feel like it's – I told a couple of the, uh, the Indians players yesterday, I go, I just feel like it's WWE and I'm getting put on. Um, but they're making numbers. They're making pay-per-view numbers, and, and there are people showing up. And, and look, I want I – want, you know, I, I like seeing Cleveland lit up, even though I, there are people I don't want to be near. No, I'm, not, I'm trying <laughs> – um, I, I have spent stupid money on pay-per-views on fights. I knew were going to be dumb. I didn't do that last night. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I'm just, I don't know. I, I don't have all the answers, but I just can't buy in completely into what I see as what they're selling. Well, fighting in stadiums is the dumbest thing. And it just shows what a dumb country we really have become. But in that case, like, I think everybody that went probably should have. Just it'd be better if they went back today and finish each other off. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Open run. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I try to be politically correct in this whole thing, and in two seconds, you just wrap it up. <laughs> no, I, but I was sitting here last night, and I won't say players' names, and players are texting me like, Dre, you're not here. You didn't come. Why not? I had multiple, and I'm like, and I, and I tried to nicely just say, mm. <laughs> No, thanks. <laughs> like, I just, like, I just, like, just wasn't. And now, look, I'm old. I got kids. 
I've been doing multiple jobs for the last three months. Um, we were at the ballpark for 15 hours yesterday. Um, that didn't play into it. They could have been, I could have been at the ballpark two hours yesterday and I wouldn't have gone. But, but like, as we were leaving the ballpark last night, as I was leaving the garage and I saw what was going in, and it was just like that Friday night. They had like Summerfest at, at Rocket Mortgage. And, and I, I was walking underneath um, the wall in left field at the ballpark. And, you know, that's where the Rocket Mortgage and, 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 and Jacobs Field, Progressive Field, kind mm-hmm. of converge underneath. Yeah. And I was walking next to a firefighter and a cop with a beer in my hand. And <laughs> I go, man, it smells different down here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> And I looked at the cop and he was like, he goes, yeah, he goes, they get that when you get certain concert concerts going on over here. And I was like, yeah, man, that smells good. Got in my car. Um, and I saw that crowd and I was like, yeah, I'm good on that too. So like Lindor and Baez, are we talking like top three dumb things that have happened by pro athletes in a long time? I see. I think it's deeper than that. Yeah, I mean it's stupid. Um, but we're in. I, I read an article on the Athletic last night. Let me say this: it's immature, it's asinine, it's ridiculous, and it's having no feel for where you're at, the player side. And for Lindor, and like, and, and and I haven't even talked to Frankie about this, and I know him, so people think I'm going to say certain things. I, I know I can I can assess it from afar. And I will here because this is what we do. And it doesn't mean I'm right, but it's just my initial feelings. The Mets are a hot garbage mess. And that organization has been that for a very long time. And people, I've tried to tell Lindor that. But I think Lindor is at a point in his life, he doesn't have a lot. Like what this says to me, and knowing some things, but not knowing very much about this situation, he doesn't know who to trust or who to be around with the Mets. The Mets as an organization tried to do a do good by him by putting Baez on the team to make him feel better and to make him feel more comfortable in the situation they've put him in. He's standing up with Baez doing that because Baez is, his, is a buddy, a friend he's known since he was 14, 15 years old. But what he's not, what he's not really seeing and what he's really not cutting through is Baez is not going to be. He's played seven fucking games for the Mets. He's not a Met. You're letting a guy that's only there try, who's ruining his free agent money day by day by his stupidity and the way he plays. Mm-hmm. And let me say this, by a side note. I am a big fan of how Javi Baez used to play. Um, I don't know why these guys, he's gotten to a certain age. I mean, he plays hard, but he's, he's, he's shown his ass this year, not in a good way. It, the pressure of money being a part of it could be part of it. I thought it was awesome that he came out in 17 or 18 and admitted winning a a World Series in 16 in Chicago, how he and a lot of his teammates let that go to their heads, and they got caught up in being Chicago celebrities and not baseball players. He said winning a World Series in Chicago was one of the best things in his life, but it also became one of the hardest things in his life because he had to figure out how to deal with it. Um, I don't know if Frankie really gets where he's at. I don't think Frankie – I think Frankie is – I don't want to say lost, but you're not achieving anything by going back at fans. Right, just – just really simple and mature stuff. Yes. Now, in saying that, and I think this is a different conversation. Everybody's not going to like this conversation, but I, I want to have it, though. Oh, man. Scott Petrak said, Celtic Redwine. First, the mini roster moves coming. <laughs> told you, people still, listen to this hours later. <laughs> I don't care because Hunkora, wait, wait, I got to give love to Hunkora first. 
He said, Dre's still singing red, red wine on third and 12. <laughs> and I am. You know me. Red, red wine all of the time. He gets beat on the nickel and dime. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to come back singing on y'all's asses. I feel good about myself. Um, I read this article by Brittany. I can't remember her last, but the G. And <clears throat> talking about this Mets situation. And Zach, you know, I'm, I'm different about this. I know fans pay money for a ticket. I understand that you give your hard-earned money for buying a ticket. And you have the right to say and do as you play, please. I hate this, this, this world that we live in, though, that just because one guy makes X amount of dollars and you make X amount of dollars, you feel like you have the right to yell and shout and say whatever you want to them, and they can't respond back. Because a lot of the response and a lot of things that were written in this article by, by, uh, that I read in The Athletic was, well, they make $300 million. He makes that much money. I bought the ticket. I can say whatever he wants to him. He can't say anything back to me. I call bullshit on that. Because we're all human beings. Sure. And if you think as a human being that it's okay to boo somebody and say their mom sucks and to say this sucks – and, for the, and you, you think that they're not going to respond to you because they make a lot more money, that means you were probably at Rocket Mortgage uh, Fieldhouse last night. <laughs> yeah, presentation matters is what we always say. Right. I mean, right? but they are people, though, Zach, right? They are. They are. Like, what what I'm saying, in, make, in, in their response, the presentation matters. Yes, but like to me, like where, I, where do we become a society of, and, I, and they try, well, that's how New York works, but you're an asshole. Well, yes, they've all long been assholes there. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, you're right. But, like, even my wife went through it yesterday. And, it, and we're not that bad here because I can tell you other cities that are really bad with this. Kansas City, New York, Boston. I'll say a couple more to piss you off in a minute. Um, where they ask for balls from the players, and then when the players walk away, they call them every other name and say racist shit about them. And I've heard it multiple times. And then they'll send their little, they'll send their little eight-year-old son down. Petey, hey, Petey, go ask, go ask this guy for a ball. And then when he walks back up, you're calling him every word in the book. And I almost said a couple, but I'm not going to. I just think that you can't get, like, if, I, if you're willing to boo somebody, and this is just how I was raised. If you paid your good earned money to boo somebody, I don't understand when you get mad if they come back at you and tell you to fuck off. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. When I was, like, 18 or 19, we can look the years up. Rob, my best friend and I, Rob Miller, we went to a Baltimore Orioles guy, and I hope he listens to this podcast and he recalls this because it was a moment of our it, – it's so Rob and Andre, especially at that age. I was at Kent State. We were, I don't know. It was a year that Brady Anderson hit 50 home runs and Mr. Syringe was clean. Wink, wink. And <laughs> it was like a Saturday game. We went hungover as could be, and we got tickets right behind the Orioles dugout at Jacobs Field at the time. And we rode Brady Anderson and Cal Ripken until our voices went. This is me admitting, but I was like 21. Me, this is me admitting before I got into the role that I'm in, I would, could be an asshole fan too, but I was a kid. I was a college kid. But I learned a lesson on this day, and I've never been this way since, except one other time. We, just, we were hooting on them. At first, we were kind of messing with them because there were girls around us that like Brady Anderson and his, and his chops. And – Rob and I were just riding him because he popped up a couple times early. And lo and behold, it was like a 6-5 game, 5-4 game or whatever. Late in the game, eighth or seventh inning, maybe ninth. It wasn't the ninth, but it was late. And they went back-to-back. Brady Anderson and Ripken. 
And Anderson, after he like clapped his hands, he looked up and he blew a kiss to us. <laughs> and like and he was like, and he was like, "Is that good enough for you, crybabies?" Yeah. And like at that moment, I laughed and tipped my hat to him. I was like, "You win." <laughs> His response was way better than Frankie's, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And well, I think it's, it's one of those unfortunate things. It's 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 a really bad look for the Mets. And but let me say one thing. Let me say one reacted. thing. I but let me say this and then say it. I knew though when Brady Anderson blew the kiss to me. I was being an asshole. So I, you know, I was like, all right, that's enough. He's a human being. And he heard me. What's going on in New York? It's, it's just a bunch of idiots going back and forth. Go ahead. All right. Um, we got to go. Shouts to you guys. Shouts to Blue Wire. Shouts to American Fireworks. Always open at AmericanFireworks.com. And the holiday weekend is here. The end of summer is here. One last weekend in the pool for me, then football. It's what we're excited for. We're going to be back to twice a week. So thank you guys for sticking with us. Um, glad to have you on board. Um, continue one way you guys can help us uh, facebook.com slash a to z podcast give it a, give us a like give it a like um, that's how the word spreads uh, in addition to just you know telling your friends and family as we get ready to go here so it's a fun time for both of us um, Buckeyes Thursday night Browns in two weeks hey, a lot of football uh, lots of talk how's about. the Panthers doing how's the Panthers with my uh, we're gonna talk off the air about the Panthers oh damn <laughs> <laughs> So before I get either of us and one of my family members in trouble, he's Andre. I'm Zach. We'll talk to you soon. Good eat you, ha, huh? preseason. <laughs> <laughs> that